Coming up on the Keto Camp podcast, we have researcher from Biosense, Trey Suntrup. So there's really not like, from a behavioral change perspective, there's not that tight feedback between here's what I'm doing and here's the result that I'm seeing on whatever tracking device that I'm using. So um, this device really has the potential to make that loop much tighter so that you can really get a direct correlation between the choices you're making and the numbers you're seeing. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. What if there was a way to test if you are in ketosis that is accurate without having to prick your fingers? For years, I've been telling my community that, hey, the most accurate way to test if you're in ketosis or not is with blood ketone strips. You see, prior to right now, the breath meters and the urine strips were just not as accurate. So I would always say, stay away from that. Well, recently I came across a device called Biosense, and they have done tremendous amounts of research and efforts into this fantastic product called Biosense. It is a breath ketone meter, and it's actually the first accurate one I have ever come across. And on this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, I interview researcher from Biosense, Trey Suntrup, and we're gonna geek out on ketones, on the manufacturing of this device, how it is accurate, what about their clinical trials. We talk about this device and how it works. We also explain the three different types of ketones. So this is gonna be a cool episode for you to really understand how the body manufactures ketones and what are some things to pay attention to in terms of the optimal ranges for ketosis. We also discuss why ketones drop after exercise. It's a fascinating discussion. And then we discuss if you should actually invest in a breath ketone meter. Is it worth it to you? So this is going to be a great episode all about ketones. I can't wait to bring Trey on for you. Before I do, I want to acknowledge you and thank you for choosing the Keto Cam podcast out of all the podcasts out there. You chose this one and we're super grateful for you because we are on a mission here to educate and to inspire 1 billion people on planet earth and just by you pressing play you help us get towards that goal if you're brand new welcome consider hitting the subscribe button we release two to three brand new episodes of the keto camp podcast every single week we've had amazing thought leaders in the keto and fasting space like dr dan pompa dr mindy peltz dr jason fung dr ken berry dr bickman and so many others so we'll continue getting that content out to you I wanna get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from LKD titled, Great Info on Keto and Overall Health. 
After struggling for several months to figure out keto, I stumbled across Ben's YouTube channel and glad I finally did. He explains keto in an easy to understand way and I love that he has specialists slash doctors on his channel to further explain how the body works. I have enjoyed his channel so much that I joined the Keto Camp Academy. Thanks, Ben. Well, LKD, first of all, congratulations on being a part of the Keto Camp Academy, the world's greatest health coaching program. So grateful to have you in there and coach you and teach you along the way. And also thank you for taking a minute to leave the podcast a rating and review. It really is the lifeline, the oxygen for these podcasts. It really helps us grow. So thank you for doing that. And I'm so excited and grateful to have you in the academy. If you haven't left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcast, please take a minute to do so right now. It really does help. And my ethical bribe to you is this. If you leave the Keto Camp podcast a rating and a review on Apple Podcast and take a screenshot of that and email that screenshot to ben at ketocamp.com, put your shipping address in that email and make sure it's in the United States. And what we'll do, I will personally sign and leave you a little note in my best-selling fasting book and we will ship you that fasting book as a thank you for leaving an honest rating and review. So do that, take a screenshot, email it to ben at ketocamp.com and I'll mail you a signed copy of my best-selling fasting book, The Intermittent Fasting Cheat Sheet. I wanna let you know about a keto and fasting webinar I have coming up on July 3rd. July 3rd is a Friday and we're gonna be doing an hour training to teach you five ways to master keto and master fasting. This webinar does have limited capacity. We only have space for 500 attendees and it's really first come, first serve. I only want you to sign up if you could actually attend the webinar live. Cannot guarantee it's going to be recorded or there's going to be a replay, but if you show up live, here's what I'm gonna do for you. I'm gonna give all live participants almost $300 worth in free digital downloads. You're going to get a keto smoothie recipe book. You're going to get keto meal plans. You're going to get some digital downloads of my books just as a thank you for attending this free webinar. On the webinar, I'm gonna teach you principles for keto and fasting that nobody's really talking about for you to get results that stick. So this is gonna be a masterclass all about keto, all about fasting. And if you want to get signed up for that and secure your spot, head over to benazadiwebinar.com. I'll put a link for that in the notes of this podcast. That is benazadiwebinar.com, and you can get signed up for that. If you're listening to this after the fact, we're doing these webinars on a monthly basis. So still head to that link, and you might be able to see the next available webinar. That is benazadiwebinar.com. The next one is taking place on July third, which is a Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Hey, take a screenshot of this episode of the Keto Camp podcast and shoot me a tag on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at thebenazadi and at Keto Camp official and Biosense is at mybiosense. Shoot us all a tag. When I see it, I'll share it on my stories and we'll get some other Keto Campers following you back. If you're struggling to find the right foods on your ketogenic lifestyle, I highly recommend you check out Kettle and Fire's new lineup of keto soups. 
They are delicious, they live up to my high standards of quality ingredients, and they'll help you accelerate your ketogenic results. Visit kettleandfire.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout for 15% off. That is kettleandfire.com slash ketocamp. Okay, let's geek out all about ketones with Trey Suntrup. Trey is a researcher and a product engineer with over 13 years of experience developing novel device technologies in both academic and industrial settings. He joined Readout from his position and entrepreneur in residence at BioGenerator, a St. Louis-based venture capital firm and early Readout investor. Previously, Trey was a translational sciences and entrepreneurship fellow at Washington University Medical School in St. Louis, where he helped academic faculty transition commercially promising technologies from the lab to the private sector. He also served as an investment analysis for several venture capital firms in the life sciences. Trey is passionate about partnering with mission-driven founders as they advance new device and digital health technologies to improve patient care. He holds a PhD in physics and electrical engineering from the University of California, Santa Barbara. Trey Suntrup, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Hey, Ben. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to nerd out with you a little bit because I've been using this BioSense product. If you're watching the YouTube video, I have it holding up right here. And uh, I want to talk all about this because I actually have several questions using this for about a month now. And you actually answered the prayers of so many people in the keto space who are tired of pricking their fingers or they don't even want to prick their fingers at all. So let's talk a little bit. Let's start right here. How did the idea come about to develop this technology when there's been so many other companies out there that have tried, but they're just not as accurate when it comes to breath ketone readings? Sure. Yeah, the origin story of the company is pretty interesting because we came at this sort of obliquely, like this wasn't the plan at first. So our founder, whose name is Tim Ratto, he's a a veteran of the national lab system, the the U.S. uh, national lab system. So he used to be at Lawrence Livermore Lab doing a whole bunch of different chemical sensing experiments and research and actually had always been interested in ketones primarily because he has a nephew who has type 1 diabetes and had an incident of diabetic ketoacidosis unfortunately uh, when he was very young so originally the idea came to him because of this uh, issue that his nephew was having and he thought you know wouldn't it be nice if you know his nephew could carry around a device track their ketones, and then, you know, the parents could get alerts or keep track of their kids to make sure nothing like that would happen. And so then, you know, we ended up working with a couple other type 2 diabetes uh, management groups and came to the idea of really tracking ketones for nutritional ketosis, both for either the keto diet or low-carb diet or fasting. So that's really how it came about is uh, the original intent was not to go after the keto diet crowd, actually. But this here we are. So I know that there's, there's other companies out there that I've tried. And I've made a lot of videos over the years where I talk about how to test for ketones, how to test for glucose, what's the most accurate ways. And I can't tell you how many comments and emails I get about the urine strips, the breath meters. And I'm like, look, right now, they're just not accurate. So I have never came, come across a breath ketone reading device that has been accurate until you all reached out and now I'm starting to use this and I'm correlating it with actually the Keto Mojo. So I want to talk about that. How is your product able to get such an accurate reading versus the ones out there that are not? We don't have to mention their names. What what separates this product from other breath ketone readings? 
Sure, sure. This is where we can probably nerd out a little bit, actually. Uh, so just as a warning to all of the listeners. <laughs> but there's really three things, I think, that make this product better than anything else that's been released before. And we really like to say that it's a clinical grade product. And what we mean by that is that it's actually accurate enough to be used in a clinical setting. And we can talk about this a bit later, but we have already partnerships with uh, various groups who are doing either clinical research or are actually caring for patients in various capacities who are tracking their ketones with this device. So, you know, until now, there really hasn't been a device that was accurate enough to be used in the context of a clinic um, and with physicians. So there's really three things, like three differences that we can talk about with this device versus breast devices that uh, preceded it. So the first is the sensor inside is very, very selective to the ketone body that we're interested in, which is acetone. So acetone is a chemical that is excreted in your breath that's a byproduct of ketogenesis. So there's some acetoacetate in your blood that degrades into acetone, and then that actually diffuses into your lungs and is exhaled in the breath. So our sensor is really, really focused on that acetone above and beyond any of the other analytes that might be in your breath. So some of the previous devices were actually just repurposed alcohol breathalyzers, the types of things that you know law enforcement uses when they pull people over late at night. So it's really kind of not sensing the right thing in a way, right? So the first is that is a highly selective acetone sensor. Uh, the second thing, and probably more important than that, is something that we call end of breath sampling. So there's this really interesting phenomena in your phenomenon in your lungs where the concentration of most gases that are exhaled in your breath is highest at the end of your exhale, right? So you can actually, this makes some intuitive sense if you think about it. If you consider your lungs and you take a, a breath in, you've got a bunch of air sitting in your lungs, the first part of your breath that you, that you exhale out is just kind of air that's been sitting in the middle of your lungs and really hasn't interacted with your lung tissue at all, right? I mean, this makes some, some amount of intuitive sense, I think. So really what our device does is it listens to your breath. There's a pressure sensor inside that listens to you as you're exhaling. It waits until you're reaching the end part of your breath. And then a pump kicks on in the device and actually pulls that part of your breath into the, uh, the innards of the device where the, the analysis is done. So this end of breath sampling is really the enabling part of the technology. And actually, we're, we're very happy to announce that a couple of weeks ago, we were actually granted our patent for end of breath sampling. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's huge. Yeah, we're very, very, very excited about that. So that's something that's been in the works for a couple of years. You know, these things take, take yeah. some time. Uh, but that's a very big deal, right? Because, you know, almost any breath analysis that you can imagine doing that's relevant um, to the human body is going to rely on that breath sampling technique. So it's really a patent around, around the technique itself. So that's the second thing. The third thing is, so we've got highly selective sensor, we've got the end of breath sampling. And then the third thing is that all the analysis is contained inside the sealed flow cell inside of the device. So something that you'll notice if you look at some of the other devices is you can actually see a lot of the time the sensor, right? You can actually lay eyes on it because it's exposed to the outside air. So what you're doing is when the sensor is taking a measurement, it has a mix of your breath and then the outside air as well. And that mixture is really hard to control for. So you get, you know, unpredictable proportions of outside air and your breath on the sensor each time. 
And that's why you see kind of this wide variability in the measurements that you see with those devices. So that's really the three things that make our device pretty special. So when using it, is there anything that the user needs to do when they're blowing into this? Should we wait halfway through the exhale to start exhaling over here? Or, or is it going to be so smart, like you just explained, that right from the start of blowing, it'll know when you're towards the later end, end of that um, exhale, and then it'll start capturing that. So is there anything that needs to be done, like, or do I just automatically just start blowing? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So our device has a, a screen on it, which I'm sure you've noticed by using it. Yeah. And um, it really just walks you through the process. So it kind of tells you there's a, a preparation phase that lasts about a minute. And then, um, you know, you can push a button to start and then it kind of walks you through the process there. So there's a screen that just tells you to blow. And when that happens, you just take a normal inhale. So there's no reason to do a big, <laughs> in fact, you, you probably don't want to do that. And then I think the most important thing from a technique perspective is that you want to blow out kind of with moderate force. So it's best to do demos for this. So it looks like this, like that. And so the two most important things are one, to make sure you're blowing hard enough. You don't have to you know, blow out your lungs. It shouldn't be something that is exerting you, right? But then the device will actually tell you when you can stop. There's a sequence of like two short vibrations that just go bump, bump. And that's when you know you can stop. So the two most important things from a technique perspective are, you know, making sure you blow moderately and then continue to blow until you feel those two short vibrations at the end. Because uh, you can't see the screen, right, when you're taking a measurement. So it's kind of a haptic feedback for you to say, okay, you're good. We've got your sample. Yeah, I thought that was a great idea to put that vibration in there once it tells you that you're done because you, you're not looking at it when you're blowing into the machine. And I was actually surprised, Trey, that it's not a lot of effort. It's really, it's really fairly quick before it's ready to read your, your breath. So I was impressed with that. Yeah, it takes about, there's like a 15 second period where it's kind of, uh, you know, it's thinking about it and analyzing the result. And then, yeah, your result actually pops up on the device screen, which is another thing that's potentially different from some of the other devices that are on the market. So, you know, your, your data, you maybe, I don't mean to jump ahead of you here, but your data would sync to a mobile app as well. So there's a companion app for it, but you don't have to have the app out when you're taking a measurement. So it was really important to the founders that you didn't have to have like two devices in your hand at the same time, because that kind of just adds a little bit more of a barrier. I know these days people are a little more used to that with connected devices, but um, in the event that you don't have a signal or you're just somewhere where, you know, you're not able to use your phone, um, you can take measurements on the device just by itself, get your readings, and then if you want to use the mobile app and send them, uh, you can do that later if that's how you want to use the device. Yeah, and all, the cool thing about the app is if you have a health coach, they could review your, your statistics and also hold you accountable. So I, I, like, I think that's a great idea, but you're right. You don't have to use the app. It shows up right here. It shows up with something called an ACE score. So what is an ACE score? How does the acetone correlate to beta-hydroxybutyrate on a, like a keto mojo or a, finger, a blood finger prick machine? So that is a big question. So, yes. so maybe maybe we'll take a pause here, right? Because, you know, people understandably really are really interested in this question, right? Because to the extent that people track at all, most people are familiar with those blood units, right? So I think when we first launched, I think the first hundred inquiries that we got on our website were like, how does this compare I to bet. blood, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's what everybody wants <laughs> to know. So yeah, let's dive into that a little bit. So the units that you mentioned, um, the ACE units, so those are really designed to be kind of a blood ketone equivalent. 
you know, with the caveat, I mean, something that's going to hang over all this entire part of the discussion is that the blood ketone and the breath ketone are not the same molecule, right? So that's super important to understand. So explain, uh, the, if you can explain, explain yeah, the difference. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. They're, so they're just different molecules. They have different structures. Um, the, the ketone that you measure in your blood is called beta hydroxybutyrate. So it's usually abbreviated BHB. So that's one molecule. The one that is exhaled in your breath is acetone. And acetone is actually derivative of the third ketone called acetoacetate. So there's really three main ketones. Um, BHB is what's measured in the blood. Acetone is what's measured in the breath. So What's measured in urine? Acetoacetate. So that's actually the third. So it's actually kind of nice. There's some symmetry here because each method is sensitive to a different ketone body which in itself makes it really interesting to compare them, right? Because they're not all serving the same purpose. They're not all, you know, like I said, they're not the same molecule. So we can actually talk a little bit later about how you might study the interactions between these different ketones. Um, yeah. But for now, um, so the units on the device, like you said, are in ACEs. They're really designed to be about 10 times the equivalent blood reading. So what that means is that on our device, our device goes from zero to 40 um, with increments of one. So you can get a score like an eight or a 13. So the way to, to get a sense of where that uh, lies with a blood meter, you just divide our number by 10. So if you were to get a 10 on our device, that's like getting a one on a blood meter. So it goes up to 4.0 on a blood meter. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Again, with the caveats that um, you know they're not exactly the same. But the way that we arrived at that I think is, is important to at least mention, which is that we took a, um, a combination of historical data um, of people studying, you know, comparing side by side blood ketones and breath ketones. And so there's a curve that you can fit through that data. So we took that data along with our own data and then did some corrections to that and kind of came up with our own formula to do that conversion. And that's really where we get this ACEs unit from. So if you've got them side by side, you expect about a 10x. There are interesting reasons why it might not be exactly 10x, uh, but that'll at least get you in the ballpark. So what would be those interesting reasons why they wouldn't be exactly 10x? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we should maybe we should uh, you know jump in a little bit to our clinical results too, because that it. really speaks to that exact question. So yeah, just to kind of tee that up a little bit, um, I mentioned we're you know the first clinical grade company, we knew, our breath ketone uh, device, I should say, we knew coming in that breath ketone meters had kind of a bad name, to be honest. Um, you know, as you mentioned, yeah. you were like, I've never gotten an accurate reading with one before. Um, we had tried them all out. We knew that. Um, that's why we, we felt like this was a necessary addition. Uh, but we also knew that we were going to have to, you know, really put our money where our mouth is um, right when we launched. And so what we decided to do is actually a clinical trial last fall before our launch to, to, to basically validate um, the accuracy of our device and then compare it to blood ketones. That trial ran last October. And then uh, we, um, our results from that trial are actually in review right now. We've submitted an academic journal article for that. Great. How many people were, were in that trial? So there were 20 people. So, I mean, it wasn't massive, but it was, you know, we generated, let's see, we generated something like 60% of all of the, the data ever in existence comparing blood and breath ketones Whoa! just in that one study. So, you know, it's really not something that has been, you know, widely studied. There is some literature. I mentioned we, you know, we pulled 
um, those curves from the literature to you know convert our units to blood. Um, but there there really isn't a ton of it, as evidenced by the fact that we generated such a you know huge proportion of the existing data just in that one study. So we had something like 1,200 data points, blood and breath data points. And there are a bunch of interesting findings there, but um, to your point about, about blood and breath, what you see when you start tracking these things side by side is that they have really interesting time dynamics when you start comparing them. And really what you see most often, uh, this is not always the case, but it's the most common case, is that when your blood ketones change, usually your breath ketones change sometime after that. So... Uh, we had somebody who was a, an endurance athlete and would do like 100 mile bike rides fasted. And he would just see this like huge spike in his BHB, um, you know, maybe an hour after his bike ride. And then, you know, an hour after that, he would see a big spike in his breath. Interesting. After. Yeah. So it was very interesting. So those types of time dynamics make the comparison a little bit complicated. Uh, because, you know, if you were to look at it an hour after the bike ride, his blood ketones had gone up but his breath ketones had not gone up yet. So if you were to just look at those two points, you'd be like, these things don't correlate at all, right? Um, Was that an exception? No. no, Oh, okay. No, absolutely not. And in fact, you know, we see this pretty commonly, that particular pattern. There are some cases, I would say there, you know, it's hard to put a percentage on it, but it's in the minority of cases that it can actually flip the other way, where the breath changes before the blood. The most common place we see that is after exercise. And we could, you know, in the paper, in the discussion part of the paper, we actually get into all the physiological reasons why that might be the case. And you can really get into the weeds in terms of what's happening in the mitochondria and all this stuff. But it's interesting because until now, you know, the tools haven't existed to do studies like this, right? So, you know, people ask us all the time about where those delays are coming from exactly what's going on with the physiology. And we have some really good ideas for why that's happening. But to our knowledge, this is the first time that this has been demonstrated so clearly because we're able to take such frequent measurements. So something else that I should mention about the study design is we, uh, we asked the participants to take five measurements a day, both with the blood meter and the breath meter. Were the, were, were the participants already keto adapted or were they sugar burners going into it? And we actually had a mix. Okay. So yeah, a really good question. And there are some interesting issues related to being keto adapted in these ratios that we've seen in some of our users, which you can talk about. But yeah, so we actually had a mix of both types. And they did five blood, five breath. Yeah. Same time or an hour after? Yeah, same time. Same, Same time. Okay. So the reason why we can kind of resolve these differences and these time lags is because we had so many points per day, right? If we were just taking one measurement per day, you, you probably wouldn't see this. But these poor folks had to sit down and stick their finger <laughs> five times a day. <laughs> so, There's some members in the Keto Camp Academy watching right now who, who do it five times, six times a day because they don't really mind the figure pricking. But yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There, there's some rare folks out there who do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's funny because by the end of it, because we had those two measurements happening side by side, you know, people at the end of it were just like, can I give you my blood meter back? I just like don't want to have anything else, you know, yeah, anything else to that. do with this thing, right? Yep. For that reason, because we made them, we didn't make them, we asked them politely um, to do them side by side. So they really, really right. got a nice comparison. Yeah. So as far as being keto adapted goes, there's some interesting effects there too, uh, with the ratio between, you know, your blood ketones and your breath ketones. 
And I'm going to kind of enter the realm of speculative here. So these are just our, our best guesses at this point. Um, more research has to be done about all this stuff, but this is really our best idea so far, which is that when you're really keto adapted, you actually see your breath ketones become higher than your blood ketones kind of on a consistent basis. And why we think that is, is because uh, the ketone that your body's actually using for energy is acetoacetate. That's the one that actually enters the cycle and inside of the cell where you generate ATP. That's the one that you're actually using. The reason your body, we think the reason your body converts that into BHB, which is what you measure in your blood, is really to prevent losing it to this degradation into acetone that then comes out your breath. So the acetoacetate that's circulating in your blood at any time could just degrade into acetone and then it's lost and then it comes out your breath. So we think it's like a preservation mechanism that your body has because BHB doesn't do that. It's stable in your blood. So it's sort of a way to hang on to the ketones so that they don't degrade and you don't lose them. So it's kind of a, a, a preservation mechanism. So we think that when you're really keto adapted, your body has really figured out the ratios of, of what, what energy it needs, right? It knows how much to produce and how much it's going to consume. So it doesn't require that extra store in your blood just in case, right? So it's really well calibrated in terms of the demands of your body and how, you know, the amount of ketones that the body is generating. And so for that reason, you might see the ratios change if you're keto adapted or you've been in ketosis for a long time. And actually, we've seen this happen with a couple of users who are like, hey, you know, my readings are 20x my blood. Like I'm, you said it's supposed to be 10x and I'm seeing 20x. And invariably, I mean, we always ask them, how long have you been in ketosis? And they're like, three years. And we're like, oh, okay, we think that that's probably why. So there's all these interesting dynamics with the ketones that we don't fully understand. And like I said, that last part is really just a, a hypothesis at this point. But part of the exciting promise of the technology is being able to enable studies like that, not just in the caring of, of patients or even you know, just regular folks who are trying to do keto, but also to support some of the studies uh, that you might want to do into these effects. That's fascinating. That was, that was a long answer. No, it's great. It was fantastic. You know, it's interesting hypothesis because I have seen those who are have been doing keto, primarily keto. I wouldn't say they're, they've been in ketosis for several years, but they've been mostly in ketosis like myself, have less ketones, BHB, in the bloodstream, meaning they don't have high amounts like 3.0, 4.0. The sweet spot I've seen and the most common I've seen with those who have been doing keto for over a year is somewhere between 0.8 and like 2.8, right? But those who are kind of months into keto, they, they have higher BHB in the bloodstream. In general, I see that as well. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform 
is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden, your fat-burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden, your cells produce energy, so you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order but a I also bottle see, or two, and, I want to hear and your, you'll be your amazed this, by how you feel who after use taking the this just after a few days. That the is problem I see with that life is that those who are brand new to keto use the coupon code high ben four to apply a four dollar off then coupon the that is ben b e n and the number it shows four. International shipping they is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp podcast. The breath meter here. Yeah, so great question. Great question. So the most important thing to remember with urinary strips is that they're measuring the ketones that your body is excreting. Acetoacetate. Right? Acetoacetate, right. It's it's the acetoacetate that essentially your body is getting rid of. So it's, it's filtered and then um, it comes out in your urine, right? So the way to kind of think of that is like excess ketones. So that's the excess ketones that your body is not using. So the reason why those dip exactly as you suggested after your body becomes keto adapted is, again, it's, it's titrating the energy supply and energy demand, and it's, it's getting it much more closely aligned, like the demand and the supply much more closely aligned, and it doesn't end up dumping as many ketones into your urine. So that's the reason why- Which is a good thing. Yeah, which is great, right? Because that means that your body's actually using it. Right. It's not just throwing it away, right? The, the ketones that you're producing, you're, you're using. So the acetoacetate, you know, if you could measure acetoacetate in the blood, that would be a great measurement for understanding the, key, the usable ketones that are in your body, right? Because again, those are the ones that are directly going to enter, you know, the metabolic cycles in your cells and supply uh, your body with energy, Acetone is really like the next best thing because you can't measure acetoacetate in the blood because it's not stable. So you could actually, I think, make a pretty strong argument for the fact that acetone is a more direct proxy for the ketones that your body's actually using than BHB is. Again, because we, we think that the body is doing that conversion into BHB for some sort of storage or preservation, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. There's all these interesting ways that they relate, and we're, we're really just starting to scratch the surface there. And I, I didn't ask you, although I'm going to say it in the intro of the video, but what is your exact position at Biosense? So I'm the head of product here. That encompasses a lot of different things. So I, I handle the, the hardware development, the software development with the mobile app, um, and then anything that's going on in our back end in terms of data or any analytics that we're eventually going to do. So you have your own mobile app, and then you're also partnered with um, Heads Up Health, who I use as well. Is that correct? You're partnered with them? Yes. Uh, yep, that's right. Yeah, so we launched that about uh, a month ago, I guess. It's been about a month since we launched back in April. With Heads Up Health or your or your own app? With Heads Up Health. So our app has been out since uh, the product launched 
back in January. And so our app allows you to sync all of your ketone data, you know, store as many data points as you want. Um, we provide uh, different levels of analytics and statistics. So you can look at just your traces throughout each day. Um, if you're taking a couple measurements per day, um, you can look at your trends over the week. So, you know, which day, you know, maybe, you know, a very common thing we see is that people drop out on the weekends, right? That's I yeah. think something everybody, <laughs> everybody knows happens. Or, which is going to lead me to my next question, actually, because um, alcohol, if you have alcohol and you use this, I imagine it's not going to give you an accurate reading. Right, right. So, yeah, back to the point about the sensor being selective is it is very highly selective to acetone over alcohol. So it's much more sensitive to the acetone in your breath than it is to alcohol. The issue when you drink is that the concentration of alcohol is so high that even though it's not, you know, very sensitive to it, it can still screw up your readings. You know, if it wasn't so sensitive, it would probably like peg the device. And if you a five, you'd get a 40. Yeah. But we actually don't see that big of effect usually. You know, we were at a conference earlier in uh, in January this year. Metabolic Health Summit. Metabolic Health Summit, exactly. And uh, there were lots of happy hours there. So yeah. there were lots, lots of people coming by. And uh, we had demos there as well. This is obviously pre-COVID, but um, right. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do something like this now. But And people were walking around with a glass of wine or a beer and, uh, and then blowing into our device. And what we saw is that it was just increasing their numbers by a couple points. So people who, and we knew this because they came by the next morning and then tried again, and people who were about a five would get like an eight or nine when they were drinking. So it does affect your numbers for sure. And we recommend that people um, not blow into it after they drink. Um, typically, we recommend you wait until the next morning. But yeah, those are the results that we see. And we, we had a nice um, real live experiment with that at Metabolic Health Summit, which is pretty fun. That's pretty cool. What, what about exercise? Because I hear people say all the time, I, I tested my blood glucose and ketones after exercise and my glucose went up, ketones went down. Well, the reason is because when you're exercising, your body's going to raise cortisol and it's going to lower um, ketones. It's going to raise glucose and lower ketones. Do you see that also reflect on this machine? You do. And you also, the other reason for that is that your body is actually using the ketones, right? That's the other thing. So I mentioned before how sometimes um, after exercise, you'll actually see breath acetone drop in the um, initial period after exercise. This can last for, you know, an hour or two. Um, but then it will, will come back up, right? As your body starts to then produce more ketones to compensate for the fact that you just use them all. Um, so actually, our founder did a really fun experiment um, that's on our website um, under, under user stories uh, where he did a, a really high intensity exercise when he's fasted and he gets a little dip and then gets this huge spike, right? So it's, it's very cool to see uh, the effects of, of either, you know, a dietary choice that you're making or, you know, an exercise routine that you're doing. And we really think that's what the promise is, right? It's the, the fact that you, because the measurement's so easy to take, it's easy to do multiple per day. You can do these really cool experiments, like I'm going to test before and after a meal or before and after, you know, an exercise routine. And that quick feedback, right? You can get feedback, you know, a, a couple hours after you exercise, you understand exactly what happened with your body. That's amazing, right? Because formally, I think what people had, the only insight you have at all into your metabolism is a scale, right? A weight scale. And that's confounded by, as you know, a million things, right? Yeah, it's going to drive people nuts to look at that. <laughs> it's, 
got to drive people nuts. So there's really not like from a behavioral change perspective, there's not that tight feedback between here's what I'm doing and here's the result that I'm seeing on whatever tracking device that I'm using. So um, this device really has the potential to make that loop much tighter so that you can really get a direct correlation between the choices you're making and the numbers you're seeing. Are there any other things we should be aware of? So alcohol will distort the numbers right after exercise may distort the numbers. Anything else? So we do recommend um, not testing right after like a, you know, a breath mint or something like that. Like anything with a, like a sugar, like an alcohol in it or a menthol in it. Or sugar alcohol. Yeah. So to be honest, those things affect different people differently. So some people, we actually saw the same thing at Metabolic Health Summit is some people would have, you know, a snack that had a sugar alcohol in it and it would actually kick them out. And then some people that didn't have, so it, you know, it's, it's very individual, but anything that's like minty flavor. So um, toothpaste or, um, you know, mouthwash, just things that have that like strong minty flavor, we recommend just an hour after using those. Um, Of course, people are free to experiment with that. Maybe you can get away with less than that. You probably can. But just to make sure that, you know, we've got a clean reading, we recommend an hour after those, those things. Great. So the machine can be found over on your website, which is mybiosense.com. And the retail cost is $299. I do have a coupon code for podcasts and YouTube uh, listeners, which is KetoCamp. There's no space in between. It's KetoCamp together, camp with the K. I'll put a link for this product down below on the YouTube video, down below in the, in the show notes with the coupon code. If you're watching on YouTube, it looks like this. It's a great product. And I know what you're thinking, $2.99, why is it that price? Well, here's the deal. And you could explain why it's that price, but here's what I see. It's a one-time purchase <laughs> and you could test multiple times. You don't have to refill strips. It's very different. You're not pricking your finger. And I think it lasts about two years before you might need to just uh, replace the sensor. Tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. So yeah, as far as the economics go, another question that we get all the time, right, is uh, it's 300 bucks. So if you do think about a disposable cost for a blood test, right, at, at best, that's a dollar each time you prick your finger. So even if you're only doing once a day, you know, in a year, you've spent that. Another thing that I forgot to mention from the trial that's important for the economic discussion is that um, your ketones can be highly variable during the day, right? So we see variabilities like on average of about 50% for an individual and oftentimes much higher than that throughout the day. So what that means is that if you do just measure once, there's a really high likelihood that you're missing a lot of the activity um, in your ketones for the rest of the day. So we really recommend like three measurements per day, right? So if you're doing that, then, you know, three measurements per day, it takes you a hundred days, you know, three months to take 300 measurements and there's your, your 300 bucks in your blood strip, right? So if you start to think of it that way in terms of unit economics and disposables, it doesn't seem so bad. Right, exactly. It doesn't seem so bad. And then the coupon code that I have is $20 off. So you just apply that and you can take advantage of that deal. Uh, it also comes with um, two extra of these pieces right here, right? Mm-hmm. I, I saw it in my box. So mm-hmm. what is that for? So there's a couple of uh, extra mouthpieces in here. So these mouthpieces are removable. So you can pull them off. If you just squeeze the bottom, they pop right off. So that's for uh, cleaning. You know, if you want to um, clean the mouthpiece, just soap and water. Um, or have somebody else use your machine or have somebody else do it exactly so um you know if you want to if you're sharing it with a partner and you just want to pop off the mouthpiece and they've got theirs you just pop it back on 
uh, really easily. And also it's rechargeable, so it comes with a charging cable as well. And then um, the last thing, which has been kind of an unexpected hit for us, is this sleeve, this carrying sleeve yeah. as well that comes with I it. I don't know, did you get yeah. that? Do we send yeah. you one? Okay, good. <laughs> I got good, right good. here for traveling. So there you go. So it fits right in your sleeve there, and then it, it provides a little extra protection for you when you're carrying it around. Exactly. Yeah, and you could, it's great for traveling. Yeah, something like this is pretty cool for for biohackers, and not even just biohackers, but anybody who wants to just continuously check their ketones and not have to prick their fingers all day long. So it's a good investment in my eyes, and it's accurate. And that's the first one I've come across that's been accurate. So I think it's a fantastic product. Uh, that's why I'm using it, and that's why I have a coupon code, and that's why we're having this conversation because it's another tool to gauge if it, what you're doing is working for you. And if you need to change things up and you could continue to test all day long, three times, five times, seven times, it's just your breath. It's very easy to do as opposed to the blood. Now the blood is fine. I like Keto Mojo. I still use them, but this is much more convenient and you could take it with you when you're traveling with a little cool pouch as well. So the coupon code is KetoCamp. The website is mybiosense.com. Trey, any final words for the Keto Campers today? No, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. It's uh, it's great to chat with you, Ben. I'm glad you've been enjoying it. And uh, yeah, head over to our website if you want to learn more. We'll be posting, hopefully our paper, you know, it gets approved soon and published. Yeah. So we'll be posting information about that. Also follow us on social, um, both Instagram and Facebook um, at, my bi- at my Biosense. So we'll put those links down below at my Biosense. And uh, yeah, Trey, I had a great time discussing uh, ketones and nerding out with those cool clinical trials you've been doing. I can't wait to read it when it posts. Uh, Keep up the good work with you, Jim, and everybody else at your company. And uh, I'm grateful to be using this product. So I appreciate your time today and expertise. Thank you. No problem, Ben. It's been a pleasure. Hope you enjoyed geeking out with me and Trey all about ketones. If you're inspired to get this breath ketone meter, uh, it's really damn cool. Uh, I love it. You could get it for $20 off by heading to mybiosense.com and entering Keto Camp, no space in between, just Keto Camp together at checkout. We will also put a link in the notes of this podcast with that coupon code and where you could get the device. That is mybiosense.com. Use Keto Camp at checkout. Hey, take a screenshot of this episode and post it on Instagram. Shoot me a tag at thebenazadi, at ketocampofficial. Shoot Biosense a tag at mybiosense, and when I see it, I will share it. Please leave the show a rating and a review if you got any value from it on Apple Podcasts, and if you do so, take a screenshot, email that to ben at ketocamp.com with your shipping address in the United States, and we will mail you a signed copy of my fasting book. If you want to watch the video version of this interview with Trey, that can be found on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash keto camp. Text this to a friend who's frustrated with finger pricking themselves all the time and they want an accurate breath ketone meter. Text it to them. They will get a lot from this device and from this conversation with Trey. I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. You'll hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice.
This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.